Hi, I'm Clara with Waverly Gets Lit, and welcome to Underrated Fan Fiction. I apologize if my voice sounds a little scratchy. I've been coughing on and off all day, so here's to hoping I'm not sick. Today I'm going to review a fan fiction, and thought I'd start off easy with a really amazing Harry Potter fan fiction. Partly because it's a well known fandom, and partly because it's one of the few popular fandoms I read full length stories about. The story is called Harry Potter and the Manipulator of Destiny by Wheezy One, and is a manipulative Dumbledore story, a subgenre in Harry Potter fanfiction where Dumbledore is not the well meaning wizard of delight that he is presented as in the books. These can also be called independent Harry stories, and there tends to be a lot of crossover. An independent Harry story is usually also a manipulative Dumbledore story, though independent Harry stories usually involve the Dursleys being more pleasant or Harry being raised by someone else, and Harry breaking away sooner. The story starts off a few weeks after the ending of Book 5, with Harry deciding he's not going to be depressed over what happened at the Ministry any longer. Then Griphook visits Harry at Privet Drive and informs him that Dumbledore has been manipulating him and stealing his money, that Dumbledore's prophecy is worthless, and the goblins have the real one. He also reveals that many people are under Dumbledore's control, and Ron and Ginny especially are not to be trusted. He goes on to teach Harry goblin magic, including wandless magic, much better forms of apparition, legitimacy, and occlumency, how to tell if objects have been enchanted and for what, and time slowing which they utilize during these lessons and often during the story. He also teaches Harry about goblin culture and eventually they become like father and son. From there, Harry calls Dobby and employs both him and Winky to teach him house elf magic, which includes telepathic communication and the ability to pop, another form of apparition. He also asks Dobby to spy for him, since Dobby is still technically employed at Hogwarts. Shortly after that, he talks to the twins, confirms suspicions they already had about Dumbledore and Ron and Ginny, and gets Hermione on board. Harry begins to teach her goblin magic, and he and Hermione learn house elf magic together while at Hogwarts. Teaching her goblin magic requires them to share thoughts, feelings, and the like, and a romantic attraction begins. Knowing that Ron and Ginny are no longer to be trusted, and that there are two other figures the goblin prophecy speaks of besides him and Hermione, he gets closer to Luna and Neville. Soon after that, they return to Hogwarts, and the house ghosts approach them and tell them that they are the second coming of the founders. Luna and Neville learn house elf magic and goblin magic as well. Dumbledore attempts to keep Harry away from Neville, keep him from dating Hermione, and nudge him towards Ginny. Near Christmas, Harry finds a goblin artifact in Dumbledore's office and returns it to Griphook, which puts him in the Goblin King Flailhide's good graces. Around the same time, Fudge is sacked as minister, and Dumbledore goes into a rage. They spend Christmas in the room for requirement in a trunk like Moody's that Harry had purchased during the summer, which is where they have been training. And Luna reveals that she is half fairy and starts to learn fairy magic from the tribe they adopted for Christmas. After Christmas, they call for the house ghosts to train them in everything they can, and soon after this, Draco attempts to kill Harry and succeeds momentarily. To balance out everything Voldemort has done, the universe decides to send Sirius and Harry's parents back with them to inhabit their paintings. They provide important information regarding the spells and rituals that Voldemort has performed to keep himself immortal. When summer rolls around again, they go back to the trunk for a while and then enter a painting to go back in time by way of an alternate dimension so that the founders may train them. I know this might be a little confusing, but the story explains it better and I'm trying to keep this summary simple and short. Sorry. During the training with the founders, Hermione learns that she is a mermaid and learns about their culture. Neville learns about the culture of the gnomes, Luna perfects her use of fairy magic, and Harry learns about the centaurs, who have been manipulated by Dumbledore to hate wizards. Save himself, of course. 
They are all taught dueling and sword fighting and become animaji. When their training has finished, they return to the present and begin to rally the troops. From here, things speed up pretty quickly. Neville and Harry go to get information from the gnomes regarding what creatures Voldemort has backing him, and they kill Nagini. They proceed to mend ties with the centaurs, and the fairies, goblins, and merpeople are already happy to assist them. Harry informs the new minister, Amelia Bones, that he plans to challenge Voldemort to a battle on Hogwarts grounds and requests the ministry's assistance, which she grants. A week later, the battle takes place, and Voldemort and his lackeys are taken care of without too much trouble. The story ends with the triple wedding of Harry and Hermione, Neville and Luna, and Dobby and Winky. There are a few chapters of epilogue summarizing most of the rest of everyone's lives, and the story is over. Now for my review. I really enjoy this story. It gets a bit sappy at times, and the author uses some shorthand that I'm not a fan of, abbreviating Avada Kedavra to AK and often saying min instead of minute, and while as a fanfiction author myself, I understand the annoyance of writing out a longer or hard-to-spell word, especially if you're talking about it a lot, it does bother me slightly. Besides that, the grammar is good, aside from the occasional slip-up that happens to everyone. As a personal shipper of Harmony, Harry and Hermione, and Luna and Neville, and someone who is not a fan of Dumbledore or Ron, I quite enjoyed the plot. There's not many elements of it that you can't find in other manipulative Dumbledore stories. The goblins especially are a very common plot device, for valid reasons, but common nonetheless. I do enjoy the explanation of Luna as a fairy, though, and I've yet to see another story where Hermione is a mermaid. Harry is a bit OOC, quicker to control his emotions and yet also quicker to have them. Luna is spot on, and Hermione is a bit quick to adjust her views on SPEW and how house elves want to be treated. No elves were harmed in the making of this story, all the good guys treat them well, but beyond that, she really is well done. Neville is maybe a bit too confident right in the beginning, but this is Neville basically fresh off the fight at the Ministry and finally getting proper recognition from his grandmother, so maybe I'm seeing things that aren't there. The main four are very powerful very quickly, and after about the first three chapters, there's virtually nothing Dumbledore could do to them. So if you're not a fan of overpowered characters, I'd steer clear, but of all the manipulative Dumbledore stories, of which I've read many and of which I'm sure there are many more, this one is pretty restrictive of its characters' abilities. I think the thing that pushes it over the edge is the time slowing, which is a powerful mechanic that they utilize very often. The twins are amazing as usual, I just wish they got more screen time and Lupin is awesome. Percy gets his redemption, and it is revealed late in the story that most of Ron and Ginny's horrible attitudes are the result of Dumbledore's meddling, so they get their redemption as well. The centers are done well, and there is an interesting twist on the gnomes. I will never complain about Harry getting more time with Sirius or his parents, and Draco and the Dursleys are dealt with well. There's also a lot of really interesting world building around most of the magical creatures, which is a really cool aspect that I especially admire since I am a fan of world building for just about any fandom. Overall, it's probably not the best fanfiction I've ever read. I'll review that one when the author has finished it. Trust me, it's a treat. But I really do enjoy it. It's well written, the characters aren't horribly OOC, the relationships aren't perfect, but that's not the focus of the story, and they don't feel too rushed when you account for the time-slowing factor. It stands out to me, but again, most of the elements of this story can be found in others. Remember, this is based purely on my own opinions, likes, and dislikes. What I enjoy in this story, you might not, and what I don't, you might. I hope I've convinced you to give this story, or at least this subgenre, a chance. Thanks for listening! Get lit!